Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back. Hour number two. Outstanding to be with you on this Wednesday evening. Hope you're doing well. To tell Anuana, certainly happy to be here with you. Uh, if you would uh, like to call, you can do that. 361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. If you would like to uh, go ahead and listen live, you can do that on our website, 1029ESPN.com. You can stream the show anytime you would like it. Well, stream the station anytime you would like it. I guess the way to say it. The show live when it's on. Thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you missed anything in hour number one, listen on the podcast. To Tell Nuanas podcast. You get it wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and listen at your leisure on your time. To Tell Nuanas podcast is available thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Coulter, it is time for our ESPN Roundtable. The ESPN Roundtable is presented by Paradise Falls. And this week... This is so good, too. I'm going to tell you this twice because Paradise Falls has been such a great supporter of this. But I know Thanksgiving is coming up. we got 19 days until Thanksgiving weekend. There you go. They're doing Thanksgiving at Paradise Falls, or they're doing it to go, too. So if you want to go pick it up... That's the way to do it. If you want to mess around doing the turkey or whatever, 20 bucks a person, all you got to do is just give them a call... Tell them how many people you got. So you, you know your family five. Say okay, yep. I want. I got. I got five people. Except I got Kai. So it's a it's a family <laughs> of ten. When That's we're right. talking about food. That's right. So you got roast turkey, homemade bread stuffing, the whole works. Everything you need from a, from a Thanksgiving style dinner. Or you can make reservations and go have Thanksgiving dinner there at Paradise Falls as well. Eighteen ninety five per person. That's a pretty screaming good deal. It is. 
to get all the stuff that they're going to give you. So we'll give you more information about how to make those orders at the end of this segment, but I just wanted to get that out there. They need, they need to know by November 23rd, so if you don't have Thanksgiving plans yet, consider Paradise Falls. Very good. Uh, Coulter, as we talked about off the top of the show, the uh, Big Sky Conference schedule for the spring came out. It's six weeks long. Uh, it begins February 27th. It is a league-wide buy on March the 20th, so all, all 12 teams that are part of this thing, by the way, remember, okay, Sacramento State is out of the spring season. So 12 teams right now scheduled to play three games in the first three weeks on the 27th of February and then the 6th and 13th of March, a week off, and then the 27th of March, April 3rd and April 10th, which will be the season finale. Uh, Several things that I want to ask you and talk to you about this, and I know you have a number of things as well, but let's start with the biggest game on the schedule, Montana versus Montana State. Is it, it, though? Well, yes. Yes. It is, because it always is. But it is oddly placed, even in this, you know, oddly placed season. Montana and Montana State are scheduled to play on the 27th of March, which is game number four out of six. What do you think about that matchup to some extent, but really just the when, the timing of this in the scope of the season? Well, I think it's going to be a huge litmus test for both schools. I do think that the way that the schedules play out beforehand is going to be pretty interesting because I do think that objectively, and of course, we don't know what these teams are definitively going to be like Mm -hmm. this year. Sac State not being in the mix, I think, is a huge boon for Weber State, Montana, Montana State, and Portland State because those are the teams I think have real shots to contend for a playoff bid, maybe UC Davis, but that's why we don't know really know yeah. who's Dan Hawkins replaced Jake Mayer with at UC Davis at quarterback. Mm-hmm. What's Bo Baldwin got at or at quarterback for Cal Poly? What sort of offense are they going to run? Jay Hill brought in a couple transfers at Weaver State at quarterback. There is the potential for every team in the Big Sky Conference. I'm just ripping through these really quick, with the exception of probably Portland State and Eastern Washington, to have a new quarterback this year. Eric Berrier returns at Eastern Washington. Portland State returns Davis Alexander. Other than that, everybody's got either seniors that graduated, transfers they brought in, or a combination of both. I mean, Montana State has a returning starter in Tucker Rovick. Job ain't his. Right. He's got to beat out Matt McKay. He's got to beat out Casey Bauman. He's got So there's going to be quarterback competitions across the league. But so there is a lot of mystery here. But I think objectively, though, I think Montana State has a significantly more difficult schedule than Montana does, especially in the lead up to the Cacarez game. So Montana State opens their season at UC Davis. That'll be a sort of revenge game because basically the final nail in Davis's coffin last year, as they were trying to defend the Big Sky title they won in 2018, was when Montana State went down there and rallied for a 27-17 And how about win. Montana State going back to Davis again? Right, right, right. No question. And obviously Jeff Cho and Dan Hawkins have history because of Dan Hawkins, deep Boise State ties, and then Jeff Choate coaching at Boise State for a handful of years as well. So, I mean, I think that's one of the better games of the opening weekend. Meanwhile, Montana is at Northern Arizona. That's an interesting game, too, because yeah. Bobby Houck hasn't got a chance to play NAU since he's been back at Montana, which is crazy to say because a lot of people around here, maybe they don't remember that Bobby Houck has deep Northern Arizona ties. Bobby Houck was at Northern Arizona for several years in the mid-1990s as a linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. So he's familiar with Flagstaff. Robbie Houck, his son, started his career at Northern Arizona. And there's all the crossover between Montana and Northern Arizona, too, because former Montana defensive coordinator Jerome Sowers took the NAU job and then held it for 22 years and employed a variety of guys 
with Montana ties. I mean, former Montana head coach Robin Flugrad is on the staff at Northern Arizona. So there's a lot of rich intrigue there. That said, I don't think Northern Arizona is very good. Yeah, It's going to take them a little while to to rebuild that thing because there's just not a lot of coaches like Jerome Sowers yeah. that coach like him, that coach with this intellectual grandfather type style. I mean, he's very much like Don Reed was with the Grizzlies. Yeah. And, but that's not, not that's not a common thing in this day and age. And I think then you hire a guy like Chris Ball, who is he's a fiery guy. Watch him on the sidelines, but yeah. he's ripping guys' faces off. It's not a surprise to me that they had multiple guys leave their program, even in the midst of the season last year, because it's just not the same. Yeah. If you went to play for Jerome Sowers, you probably don't want to play for Chris Ball. And it's just point blank. So I do think that the tougher matchup in week one is is Montana's. Excuse me, it's Montana State's. Yeah. Week two, then, Montana goes to Eastern Washington. Where are we at with the Eagles? They're supposed to be one of the elite teams in the league. We saw them regress quite a bit. Yes, we did. Barry is a special player. Are they going to use him correctly? So, I mean, sometimes the numbers just straight lie, right? I mean, he threw for 300 yards a game last year. He threw 28 touchdowns and only four picks, but they were running this offense where they were trying to keep him in the pocket and not let him roll out and do his thing. And I think this is a team that was in the national championship game two, two years, years ago. ago. Yep. And since that time have graduated like 53 or 54 That's players. Right. I mean, over 20 guys in each of the last That's two right. seasons That's right. have walked out that door. Where we at with Aaron Best in replacing those guys, we will find out. And even though Montana going to Cheney is a tough game week two, Montana State going to Weber State is an even tougher game. No doubt. That's, to me, other than the Cat-Grizz game, one of the marquee games on this schedule. Absolutely. Because of this unbalanced schedule, there's been some matchups that have been eluding us. The last time Jeff Choate played Weber State, it was not what the Bobcats are now. No. Jay Hill hasn't seen... Troy Anderson, well, except for we, he saw when he was a freshman. Well, he still isn't purported, right, right? Right, in the spring you won't see him. But, I mean, Montana State has upgraded their talent so much since yeah. the last time they played Weber State. But Weber State is the team to beat until proven otherwise. I mean, yeah. they've won the Big Sky Conference three years in a row. So that's a huge matchup, too. And then the week before Cacker is, I guess it'll be two weeks before, but the, the game is before Cacker is. Bo Baldwin makes his return to Montana. Cal Poly coming to town. Montana State is Northern Colorado. That's the only real cupcake of the first few yeah. weeks. So you score that out. You know, I mean, I think that it's a toss-up, Montana State at Weaver State, but give the home team the win or whatever. But I think that Montana could be 3-0 and going in the Cacarys game. And Montana State could be 2-1. and Or if they spring Weaver, they could be 3-0 and as well. And then you're going to have this showdown. But the thing that's going to be actually sort of cool is rather than I, – I do think that if this game was played in the fall, and in the fall it will be probably played the last game of the year. Of course. I think that will be at the very least a play-in game for the playoffs and at the very most a de facto Big Sky Conference title game. Yeah. This um, having it here, though, I think is an interesting fold, though, because then you know, say, say you're Montana State and you're a game back of Montana, but then you go beat Montana. Now, that, what sort of momentum does that give you down the stretch? But on the other hand, if you're Montana, you're 3-0 and going in that game, and then you beat Montana State, and you snap this little streak that they got going. Now, I've seen this happen with Bobby Houck's teams many times. When you get that victory that you've been just dying for, then all of a sudden you're just off and running. Because that's, that's the thing that Coach Houck is so good at, is coaching that mentality where you get to the point where you don't even believe that anybody can beat you. The... Uh, game to me that's going to be the hardest game to win for either team this entire year is the game after the Cat Grizz mm-hmm. game for whoever wins it. 
Nebraska. And that's and that's what's and so it's interesting. A secondary rivalry exactly game, for which both. is a big time game. For Idaho both. for the Grizzlies and Eastern Washington for Montana State. No no question. And there's these little mini rivalries amongst the coaches and stuff like that too. I mean, you don't want to get too far out of your skis when you're analyzing that kind of stuff. But I can tell you this: Montana State hasn't played Eastern Washington since they've been good either. And the last time they played him when Aaron Best was the head coach was with a stacked team of Bo Baldwin guys. Mm-hmm. I know Montana State's really eager to play Eastern <laughs> Washington, just as Bobby Houck is very eager oh, yes. to go play Paul Petrino over at the Kibbe Dome. We know the, the ups and downs of the first year under Bobby Houck with the fumbling and the Grizz beating themselves so often, it didn't matter when they went to the Kibbe Dome. Bobby's going in there saying, I'm, I'm going to score 50. And they yeah. did. They scored 55. So... Uh, not a lot of love lost between the Grizzlies and the Vandals, even though the rivalry has only recently been renewed. No doubt. But I do think I, I just find it interesting because these two teams, both of them, always have the rivalry game as something that they are uh, thinking about and working toward building all towards, season yeah. long. Yep. And now that you're building towards it, but your season's not over. And by the way, it is different when it's the last game of the regular season, and now you switch into playoff mode, and you can you can do whatever you need to do mentally, emotionally, coming out of the Cat Grizz game, and go into playoffs. Is it, that is that makes sense? Now it's just the next week on the schedule and trying to come back down or get back up or whatever sure. it might be, sure. and just carry right on through the end of the year, especially against two teams that have a chance to be pretty good in Eastern and Idaho, and in any case, it's going to be other high-energy games. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch. it. And, and the scenario that played out last year, I think, is the one that it's the ideal scenario in terms of maximizing the rivalry and minimizing the opportunity for a letdown in the playoffs when both teams are in the top 10 and then they battle. And even if it's a lopsided result like it was with Montana State's 48-14 win last year, because you're both getting buys in the playoffs, now you get a chance to regroup and you don't have to have this letdown. Whereas we saw, like during the Mike Kramer years at Montana State, when Travis Lillet was the quarterback, Travis Lillet beat the Grizzlies three out of four times, punched tickets to the playoffs two out of four times. Mm-hmm. Montana State fell flat in the first round of the playoffs because they were sort of this upstart team that had to then go regroup really quick after they just won like a Super Bowl the game. Yeah. And, and that's the scenario you don't want to be And The Grizz have not really ever had to have that scenario because the Grizz have either been nationally elite and beat the cats and get the, you know, one of the top seeds in the playoffs or when they've lost to the cats, not make the playoffs at all. So we haven't really ever had to see that Montana team beat a cat team and then deal with the first week of the playoffs outside of Montana, Montana state. Yep. What stands out to you? Well, so I like Portland State. I like Portland State more than a lot of people around the league like Portland State because I think Davis Alexander is tough as nails. I think he's exactly what you want in a modern-day quarterback. He can move in the pocket. He can move outside the pocket. He can throw on the run, and he can just flat run it himself. They have a lot of weapons at Portland State. Bruce Barnum's done a really good job of recruiting along both the offensive and defensive fronts. They have some key returners back defensively, including Anthony Adams. And then you start looking at this schedule. To me, the the number one game on the schedule, we're obviously going to gravitate towards the Montana schools always, but the number one most intriguing opener is February 27th, Eastern Washington at Portland State. Mm-hmm. I really think that either one of those teams with a victory, and first of all, that's a rivalry game. They got a trophy. They're playing for the damn cup. This game 
could be a tone setter for both those teams. If Barrier looks lights out and all of a sudden Eastern's rolling and all of a sudden they look like they're back, they could with a win they could vault into the top fifteen in the national rankings. Yeah. Portland State though, by beating Eastern, could really affirm themselves as maybe a true team that ha- that has an inside track at the playoffs. Then you look at what Portland State has next though. They're at Northern Arizona. I think they'll be a favorite in that one. They're at Idaho. That's a big game too, but Portland I do say that Idaho is going to be a, a very interesting. That's a very game. interesting game, but say they they get that one, and then all of a sudden now you're sitting here and you got two or three wins, and now your your playoff your playoff hopes are a little bit more realistic. Yeah, UC Davis, Portland State, it's a coin flip because we just don't know what UC Davis is. Portland State, Cal Poly is fascinating, and then Portland State at Montana. But if the Vikings played their cards right, I don't think it's infeasible that they go 4-1 and one going into the game when they play at Washington Grizzly Stadium. Then all of a sudden you got a 4-1 and one team coming to Missoula, playing a Grizz team that likely is probably going to be about that same thing, 4-1 and one or maybe even 5-0. and oh, yep. And now you got a playoff game. So now, it, it, who would have ever thought the, the most devastating and perplexing and strange loss that I've maybe ever seen at Washington Grizzly Stadium, but certainly of Bobby Houck's career, was when Montana lost to Portland State a couple years ago. That Portland State team was not good. They didn't really play that well. But Montana has looked so unbelievably good offensively, with the exception of their plague of turnovers year one under Coach Houck, except that Portland State game. Dalton Sneak couldn't do anything. What was that, one of 13 in the first half? They looked just trash on offense. And so... That's an interesting game, too, because you know Montana's going to be really fired up for it, but Portland State could be in a, having an opportunity to do something that they haven't done in a really long time. Is this season going to happen, and especially for Montana and Montana State? I, I still maintain that those two, maybe you throw Eastern in there, maybe, maybe you throw Weber in there, are going to have the toughest time actually pulling this off, opening a season on February the 27th. It seems absolutely crazy. <laughs> See, I think that like the worries about the weather and stuff like that are so far down the list of the worries because... The money is how many people you can, can you how can, many fans can you it, get? It, just because it's unpleasant doesn't mean it's impossible to go outside and play football. It's going to suck, but you can do it. Whereas I'm not worried about where, the game. Whereas, no, I, I just mean the practices and everything... You can practice inside, wherever. It's not ideal, but it can happen. If the governor says you can't play, you can't play. That's what's going to impact this season is if state governments say, we're not doing it, Yeah, you have any sort of shutdown, or if teams make the decision to opt out because it's just not worth the money. Like Eastern Washington, for example, I'm hearing out of Eastern Washington right now that they, because there's only, I think it's Portland State, Eastern Washington, and Either UC Davis or Saxe, I can't remember which one. Cal Poly did open a little fall camp here recently. So they, they are practicing in, in San Luis Obispo. But those other schools are the only ones that have not put on pads or practice whatsoever during this fall space that was allotted by the NCAA. I'm hearing that Eastern Washington, the reason is it's not governor mandated. It's not government mandated. It's not school mandated. They just don't have the money, period, to do even the most rudimentary and basic testing. Mm. I think I think during fall ball, I think you're required to test 25% of your players once a week. They don't even have the money to do that. So how the hell do you have the money to do anything yeah. if you don't have the money to do that? And, and I, that's the, where the testing protocols and all that come into play too. What sort of tests are going to be required? How often is the testing going to be required? Is there subsidization, subsidization available for that testing? I just don't know how you get there. I mean, we had Jim O'Day in here on the ESPN Roundtable last week, 
he was talking about like he has buddies that work in the Big Ten, schools like Purdue, schools like Indiana, saying that it's you know it's costing them something like one point seven million dollars to do this rapid testing. Well, schools in the Big Ten got it. Schools in the Big Sky do not have it, especially because that's the other thing worth mentioning with this schedule. It was reemphasized that there is no non-conference games allowed to be played by conference members. So then there is no way to make up that money. You can't just go play Oregon State because obviously mm-hmm. Oregon State's going to be playing right now anyways. So they're not available. But even if they were, if you could find a money game in the spring, you can't play it. So where do you make up the revenue? That's going to be the thing that I think that incurs if this schedule plays out at all. The um, Big Sky Conference or the NCAA, have they placed any restrictions or better said requirements on teams or structure for the the season that they're going to have to do whether it's testing or whatever it might be to say these are the things that you have to have in place in order for us to pull this off well i know they do have the NCAA does have those rules as far as what fall ball is i'll have to research now there is a solidified spring schedule this just seems like such a house of cards because the big sky now has this thing out there's a lot of conferences that have their schedules out now too but it, it's so interesting that this happened the day after election day because I just really think that so much of what is going on right now in America has been muddied, weaponized, clouded over by all of these politicians fighting to win an election. Now that that's over, who knows? We could have changes in leadership that makes it so that the response to the pandemic is drastically different. It could be drastically better. It could be drastically worse. We don't know. But how does that affect all the dominoes across mm-hmm. the country? Because the moment that it hits that half the teams are not playing in the spring, if that moment comes, it's over. It's all over, yeah. Well, the thing that I find intriguing is you know, whether or not there's going to be uh, uh, any, any restrictions or requirements and that sort of thing. Uh, but also the money side of this deal of does it make like you want to play because you want to play. But like we talked about again with Jim last week for Montana. Not playing any games compared to playing with games with no fans is much more, it's much more expensive to play the games like you're losing way more money, I guess, is the right way to say it. If you don't have fans in the stands, the revenue that you're not getting, but the cost that you're still spending to in order to administer these games is significant. And, you know, whether it's justifiable or even available, I guess, is what we're going to find out in, in March. But the other thing is this. This feels like this is the first step. Like, yeah, you, you can't wait to see if all the pieces are going to fall in place and then decide to make a schedule. Right. You got to make the schedule exactly. and say, this is what it is. This is what the games are going to be. This is where, this is who. And then you start doing the things to try and bring that about for whatever it is is in your control and and whatever you can do. I think it's interesting that a, a, a guy like Kent Haslam, who, you know, the AD at Montana, is part and parcel in creating the schedule as a member of the conference, but now has to come back to the university as a member of the Grizzlies and think about whether it makes sense for Montana to participate in this thing that he helped to make. You know, and that's I, there's a lot of ads that are in that sort of odd situation, and and I don't know what the answer to that question is. Certainly, to circle back around to to in terms of the strength of these slates, you know, I mentioned that I thought the Cats had a little bit harder schedule than the Grizzlies. Part of that is dependent on the quality of Portland State because 
if Portland State really is one of the top three or four or five teams in the league, then that all of a sudden makes that game against Montana, the last game of the year, a marquee matchup on this docket. How good is Eastern Washington? Because if Eastern's good, then that means both the Cats and the Grizz have to play them. That makes it a little bit more tough. How good is Idaho? Same factor. And then you look at Weber State. I think they got the best draw because they don't have to play Montana, mm. period. So it, I think that Montana's I, – I still have the top three teams as, as my same three teams. I don't know which order to put them in, but I just I think that the three teams that – Cats, Grizz, and the Wildcats. That's right. Yeah. And so then – when teams are pretty even on paper, it doesn't necessarily mean that the best team is going to win. So, Well, it didn't look like it the last two weeks of Montana's season. Exactly. I mean, right. that three best team in the league round robin was no close games. No no doubt. <laughs> One more question for you. Yeah. What do you think of Idaho? And could Idaho be the team that just kills the, all the analysis we just did? No. I, I think... No matter what you think of the Vandals and the attitude that they present coming back to the league and the divide they have amongst their fan base over that decision, I think that not having the coach's son as your starting quarterback can do nothing but make you better. Well, that's true. (laughs) But also, all that other stuff that you cited is still real. It is. And, you know, I'm... I, I. I haven't seen – I haven't – Paul Petrino took that team to a bowl game. He did. Okay. He won a bowl game. It's impressive. He also so, had a borderline NFL quarterback in Matt Linehan, and he had an NFL running back in Elijah Petty, and they had a bunch of NFL guys. But they did have them. I mean, that's they part did. of what being a coach is about. So, anyway, they so, so you know, you, you give him that, he gets the contract that he gets, and you say, you know, tip your cap. Yep. Since that time, I haven't seen anything to me that would engender a lot of confidence that Idaho is going to show up and be. I mean, we thought Idaho coming out of the Sun Belt with a bunch of FBS level players, even though they were, you know, going to play in the FCS and the first program to ever step down or however, you know, whatever you want to say, however you want to talk about it, that there's still going to be a ton of talent. You know what? There was a ton of talent. You know what they were? Mediocre at best, you know? And that's just what it is. And part of that is the best teams in the big sky are better than the worst and even middle-of-the-road teams in the Sun Belt, uh, or at least as good. Uh, and so and totally different in their construction. That's too. right. And just like You're not seeing quarterbacks. In the, so many of the t- those teams in the, in the Sun Belt run the option. They, so you don't see quarterbacks like Gage Gruber and Dalton Sneed and, and Kevin Thompson and Case Cookies. You don't. You don't. You're right. You don't see quarterbacks like those guys in, in a lot, in of, a lot of leagues. That's, I right. mean, that's the thing is the Big Sky is a quarterback-driven league. You're going to see some of the best quarterback now, talent in the West. The one thing that I think, if, you want, if you're asking me for something that's an upset, it's this. You already cited this. How many, how many returning quarterbacks do we know that we believe in in this league? One? Two? I mean, Cam Humphrey? I mean, but, but is he maybe? even going to be the guy? No. Right. I mean, you got Eric Berrier and, and show me the next guy, John, Davis, David, David, David Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. What I'm saying is, one or two guys are going to be really good at quarterback somewhere in this league. For sure. And if you got one or two of those guys, you all of a sudden have a chance to be, you know, to be, a, you know, a good football team that's all of a sudden, you know, winning that maybe we're not talking about in this room right now, you know? 
We expect three teams that don't have a quarterback and don't have a known commodity at quarterback at this very moment. I mean, to some extent, you do with Tucker Rovig at Montana State, but as you said, we don't even know if he's going to be the starter. Sham Humphrey was seen play. talking like he is though, okay. which is interesting. Well, and, and 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 if he is, then that's great. And you know what you got there, and you know that Montana State knows how to win with him at quarterback, For regardless sure. of what it is. For sure. What I'm saying is, if NAU all of a sudden rolls out Case Cook is 2.0, right? They could they could shred. You know, they could do it. So uh, who knows? That's the big wild card to me, not Idaho. Yeah. Idaho's quarterback situation, by the way, it's worth noting Mason Petrino graduates, but also uh, Colton Richardson, who was the opposite of Mason Petrino. Huge, big arm. 285 yeah. or something like that? He, he's not uh, He's not on the roster. So yeah. I, I believe that he... Starting with somebody brand new. Yep. And so they do have a couple compelling, at least, names on the roster they do have Mike Beaudry, who has started games in the past at UConn. He's a graduate transfer. But then the other name that jumps out at you is Carter Freeze. Who knows if he's as good as his old man, but John Freeze is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. John Freeze was a 10-plus year starter in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks and others. So the, the thing that always gives me pause about Idaho is that I, I know Paul Petrino is, is a polarizing character, especially in the state of Montana. Those guys can coach. I'm not talking about Petrino. His he's got a great staff. Oh, they, like Mike Bresky's a, a they proven know football. They know what they're doing. I mean, Mike Bresky's a proven defensive quarterback, man. He, I mean, he's been doing it for so long. He, he has such a blueprint on what the Montana defensive football has looked like for a long time. You know, Luther Ellis is always be able to get dudes in there because he played in the NFL. But the the other thing though, too, Colton, I just really think this matters, man. If it wasn't for what's been going on at Eastern Washington here in this last, you know, 10, 12 months, yeah. Idaho is a complete dumpster fire in their athletic department. I mean, the president's out, the AD's out, every coach is out. People, nobody, I mean, it's, it's. But the thing about Idaho that, that I think gets lost sometimes though, is what, what does Montana have that almost no one else in the league has? Fans. Well, they got fans, including a couple of them that have quite literally billions of dollars. Right. They got they got a couple people that can write you a check for whatever you need the check to be. Yeah, that's unique. The thing that Idaho's got though, you think our show has fans like that? <laughs> the thing that Idaho's got though that almost no one else has is they have an in-state bank that'll load them money whenever they need it. Mm. That is not the case for almost any Division One yeah. university in a small place like that. Yeah. But the Bank of Idaho is fully financing Idaho's new basketball arena. I never heard of that. Yeah. I've never heard of it being financed from a bank, not a donation or whatever. They're, they just gave them a loan. That, that's an amazing thing. So I guess what I'm saying is it's a doomsday scenario, but there is a possibility for some schools in the league to go bankrupt from an athletic department standpoint or, or just to not feasibly be able to participate in athletics. That's never going to be the case at Idaho, no matter how bad the scandal or the you know the dysfunction is. Well, and no, nor would I mean I love having Idaho in the league. I think it's great. Oh, for sure. And and they one of the reasons it's great is because they can be and should be and I think will be at times, anyways. Good. I mean, if you're going to tell me in the next twenty years that Idaho is not going to win a Big Sky Conference, you know, title in football, I'd say you're crazy. They definitely will. They 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 are. Uh, a power of the conference or at least going to build back to that one way or another, it seems to me. But, uh, you know, that ain't this year in my mind. This is our ESPN Roundtable. It's brought to us by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street 
near the corner of Brooks and Reserve and Coulter Thanksgiving is coming and Paradise Falls, guess what? They got everything you need to uh, enjoy it the way you're supposed to enjoy it with a giant Thanksgiving dinner. November 26th is when Thanksgiving is, and mark it on your calendar if you didn't already have it memorized. I think they put it on the calendar for you. Yeah, how could you not have it memorized? It's the greatest day in the world. (laughs) If you want to go to Paradise Falls, though, for dinner, you can, and all you need to do is just make reservations. You can call 728-3228, and anytime after 11 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day, you want to eat early, you want to eat midday, you want to eat late, whatever you want to do. They got you covered. Eighteen ninety-five a person. Roast turkey, homemade bread stuffing, mashed potatoes, scratch-made turkey gravy, honey glazed carrots, candy yams, cranberry sauce, side salad, dinner roll, pumpkin pie, delish. If you want to get it to go, you want to have it home with your family. It's only twenty bucks a person. All you gotta do is place your reservations by November twenty-third, so the Monday of Thanksgiving week. You can either email Stacy, Stacy at paradisefallsmozilla.com, or you can give him a call seven two eight three two two eight. And you can get that Thanksgiving meal to go for you and your family as well. Paradise Falls on the south side of Missoula, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Western Michigan on pace for 60. Break down all the action next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula. It's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Western Michigan up 30 to 13 over the Akron Zips at the half. Don't look now, Coulter, but there might be your fourth playoff team, the mighty Broncos of Western Michigan. Uh, it is Two Tell Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Great to be with you. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate that very much as we roll into a Wednesday evening. And uh, Coulter, Bendanucci, one and done as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Are we right on this? And now what's going to happen? Garrett Gilbert maybe in the mix. We'll get into that, but... They're really just, they're not even going to give the boy another shot. Just one. Did you watch? I sure did. I mean, has there ever been a player that played quarterback in the NFL that was less equipped to play quarterback in the NFL? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Definitely. Dude, he didn't actually. Matt Ryan. Oh, my. (laughs) He didn't even throw the ball in a normal fashion until like the fourth quarter. Uh, Jerry Jones said he was uh, put in a tough situation, which he certainly was. Uh, I understand that you don't have, you know, Andy Dalton and you're not really anticipating a third stringer or whatever, but they're there for a reason, right? I mean, like, he's 
he's been on this team the whole time. And at what point did you go? He got drafted, in fact. Okay, we are absolutely not going to be able to continue with this. We have to just pick somebody else up just from somewhere to do this. Uh, is it going to matter against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I certainly don't think so. But what do you think? I mean, are they going to roll out here with, with a guy who was good when he was 18? Well, that's the most fascinating part about this. And I think this can lead us into a bigger and broader conversation as well. But Garrett Gilbert... Anybody that follows high school football recruiting or follows high school football in the state of Texas, they'll probably recognize the name and wonder, why? Why do I recognize that name? Well, once upon a time, Garrett Gilbert was the number one player in the United States of America coming out of high school. He went to Lake Travis, which is one of the powerhouse football programs in the state of Texas. It's in Austin, Texas, famous for producing quarterbacks like Drew Brees. I think Matt Stafford might have even gone there. Like Travis has had... Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw were on at the same high school playing baseball together. I mean, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Lake Travis went uh, undefeated two years in a row and Garrett Gilbert was there. He was a four-year starter there. He threw for 12,534 yards, which is the all-time most in the history of the state of Texas. 39 and 4 as a starter, consecutive state championships. Then he went to the Elite 11 camp and he was ranked as the number one quarterback prospect in the history of the Elite 11 camp. Scholarships from over 60 schools. He was the starting quarterback and the MVP of the Under Armour All American game in 2009. And he infamously chose Texas. This was a big deal because when he signed, Texas thought they were getting their guy the guy that was going to lead them back. Mac Brown was still at Texas. They had just won the national championship three years earlier with Vince Young. And they hadn't started to uh, endure the struggles that then would come after this. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, across the state, a couple other talented young guys in the state of Texas. One's named Robert Griffin III. The other one's named Johnny Manziel. Because Texas went in all in on Garrett Gilbert, those two guys went to Baylor and Texas A&M, respectively. The rest is history. Gary Gilbert's career. I, I think Johnny Manziel's available if Jerry Jones wants to go get him. He did want him once upon a time, did he not? That's true. Gary Gilbert's sophomore season, they went five, Texas went 5-7. and seven. It was their first losing record since 1997, and that was sort of the beginning of the end. Garrett Gilbert ended up getting beat out by Colt McCoy, and then he ended up transferring to SMU where he played for June Jones and ran the run and shoot. And he was actually pretty good at SMU. threw for uh, about 7,000 yards, threw 36 touchdowns over a two-year span. But then since then, he's just been bouncing around. But I think it's fascinating that you can be so highly regarded when you're 18 years old, and there's so many different factors that can go into you not living up to your potential. We talked about the other day. Why why do you have guys like Ben DiNucci getting drafted and Garrett Gilbert not when Ben DiNucci was coming out of high school and he was like a two-star recruit that went to Pitt right. and was never highly heralded but then ends up at James Madison and has a pretty good college career that ends up getting drafted. And why is the guy who goes to USC or Florida or Oklahoma not just point-blank slated in? There's so many things to go into it, but I think Garrett Gilbert is the prime example of what we were talking about the other day. Yeah. You're anointed as the second coming. You play too soon then everybody's blaming you and you're like an 18 or 19 year old kid. And everybody's saying, well, first losing season in Texas history, this kid's uh, he's a bum. 
And then all of a sudden you have guys around the state having other having Heisman Trophy level success, and now all of a sudden you are the scapegoat. Everybody's saying Texas football sucks because of you. Yeah, that's not the case. If the kid just would have been able to go to a program where he didn't have to play right away, who knows what he would have become? But it's just amazing the way that the development can get derailed. But then this all comes full circle where it's going to be so interesting because I guarantee you last week Cowboys fans from coast to coast were saying, "Who the hell's Ben DiNucci?" Yeah. I bet you so many Cowboys fans are like, I remember that kid. Oh, yeah. No question. I remember that kid when he was in high school. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he went to Texas. (laughs) Right. They know know who he is. You know, if if for nothing else, he's going to, you know, rally a bit of the fan base for the Cowboys. Not that they need to be rallied particularly, but you know what I'm saying. But this poor guy has thrown six passes in his NFL career, two with Carolina. So, first of all, he came out in 2014. He was on practice squads for the Rams, Patriots, Lions, Raiders, and then Panthers. Then he went and played for the Orlando Apollos. Mm. You say it in the... UFL? The in the half. <laughs> yeah, it's your favorite thing, it dude. You wish it was that's, back. That, that's straight, straight steal from Tony Kornheiser, my guy. The half. <laughs> he, uh, he, he played eight games in the half, threw for 2,100 yards, 15 touchdowns. But then this year he's been with the Browns. He's Played in five games, thrown three passes, but it doesn't seem to me he might be a brand name upgrade. Uh, he has a better, uh, more recognizable name for Tech Cowboys fans, but can't get much worse than Danucci. I don't know how Garrett Gilbert's ever going to be better. He's been playing professional football for seven years. He's never started a game. Well, it, it would be that would be the reason he has been in professional football for seven years. Sure. Not for zero years like Ben DiNucci. And by the way, all that to say, it don't matter. Doesn't matter. Until Andy Dalton comes back, it doesn't matter. And then when Andy Dalton comes back, it still doesn't matter. You know? Not this year. It's true. Start looking for a draft pick. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Speaking of uh, NFL news quickly, I know that Kendrick Borden, former Eastern Washington yep. receiver, 49ers, he tested positive today for COVID-19. They shut down their facility. They're supposed to play the Packers tomorrow night. Because of close contacts, 49ers left tackle Trent Williams and receivers Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel also are put on the reserve COVID-19 list. So now it's not hyperbole to say the 49ers have literally no player of recognition left to play in the game against the Packers. Uh, seems to me like there's not going to be a game tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Uh, it's supposed to be in San Francisco, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I've, I'm still trying to figure out how how Green Bay lost to Minnesota. <laughs> Well, it's not it's not that hard of an analysis. You're dude. right. You're right. And the ball number thirty three. Get out of the way. Uh on the other side, somebody has just outdone Ryan Fitzpatrick, and when you do that, you deserve a little recognition. We'll give it to him next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Good 
Good evening. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana, at Gus Tutel, at 102.9 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. If you want to listen to the podcast, we'll go right ahead. The Tutel Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen at your leisure on the uh, World Wide Web, all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, etc. Tutel Nuanas podcast brought to us by Blackfoot. Communications. You can also check out the Grizz Greats 25th anniversary, silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. That podcast series up and available for you as well. Uh, Coulter, uh, when people say don't at me, mm. what do they, they're saying, why do they say that? I thought you wanted people to at you. So you say something like vanilla ice cream is the greatest dessert in the world. Okay. Don't at me. Like, I don't care about your feedback. It's a fact, not an opinion. Oh, okay. Don't at me with your argument about, about why chocolate ice cream is better. Don't at me. So It sounds like a Sean Rainey kind of tweet. Doing uh, ice cream flavor rankings. <laughs> cereal reviews. Um, his cereal reviews are pretty good. Um, <laughs> Coulter, uh, Josh, uh, excuse me, excuse me, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, has been outdone. By you? Nope. No, certainly not by me. Mm. I am outdone by Ryan Fitzpatrick in every way. All the things that I would like to be but did not attain in my life. What if I shut off your mic, not mine? Thanks. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have made that mistake. That's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Me, that's me. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets it right. You only went to Harvard. Josh McCown, mm. however, yeah. today has signed with the Houston Texans. Okay. 41 years old. Ah. Count them up. 12 NFL teams wow. from a man, Josh McCown. Is that the most ever? I don't know if it's the most ever, but it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's over a third of the teams that there are, you know, which is pretty impressive. I like Josh McCown, man. Obviously, like everybody likes Josh McCown because he keeps, you know, coming around. I thought that Philadelphia game was going to be his last his last ride, but you know, if they're willing to pay you to come in, back up the Shaw Watson, what the heck, right? Where did Josh McCown go to college? Wow. That is a great question. <sighs> Let me start running through them. Is it Boston College? No, no. Is it the West Coast? Nope. Why do you say no, no? Not that good. Is he? He's he an go, FCS guy. He's an FCS guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, Northern Illinois. Sam Houston State. Really? Josh McCown's uh, junior. Sam Houston. Josh McCown's junior year. Yes. The Sam Houston State Bearcats came to Washington Grizzly Stadium for the. Um, I guess it would have been the quarterfinals. No. Yes, the quarterfinals of the. Division One AA playoffs, yes, and lost to the eventual national champion Montana Grizzlies, forty nine to twenty four. What year was that? Two thousand and one. Hmm. Sam Houston State's not much liked coming to Montana, and they have uh, definitely returned the favor though each time Montana schools have gone there. You've been there, I have, and your reviews are. Uh... Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I, I, I don't. You can find something nice about every place. The Mexican food is delicious. Yes. The barbecue is also very good. 
Huntsville, Texas, where it's located, its purpose is as the epicenter for, so there's more correctional facilities and or prisons in the state of Texas than anywhere else in the United States of America. Yeah. There's eight within a, I think, 35 to 40 mile radius of Huntsville, Texas. Mm. Huntsville, Texas is the center point for all, of, all these of these. So there's prisons. a lot of people there that yeah. work as prison guards and things like that. That's fine. There's also a lot of people that used to live in those prisons as prisoners. That makes it a very interesting scene, to say the least. Mm. I'll tell you this. Besides the, the food, uh, Huntsville is is not for me. But the number one thing that the number one thing Sam Houston State's got going beyond the sweet jerseys and the always electric offense yeah. is the band, man. Oh yeah. Oh halftime at Sam Houston Poppin'? State. Oh buddy, just ripping. Well, so the movie Drumline, it's based off of Sam Houston State. Is that right? So I mean, it is like one of the premier marching band schools in the in the world. Now, is Sam Houston an HBCU? It is not. No, it is not. Okay. Um, and, and But, you know, the, a lot of colleges, period, in the South, regardless, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, have, have drum lines and marching bands that are, that are going off, right? I mean, like LSU, mm-hmm. they're all about it. Now, is it, is, it, is it on par with, like, grambling? Well, maybe not. But who is the end of right. the day? Yeah, nobody. It is awesome to, uh, you know, if you can get behind a good band, though, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, you, you're walking around the two. You you played the two, but in your football uniform yeah, in the, high school at halftime, right? Saxophone, or the baby. Oh, the sax. Right, okay. Baby. I don't know why I had you as the tuba, sax. Yeah, smooth. Defensive line gets sax, goes to the marching band, plays sax. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sam Houston State being back to good would be a good thing for the FCS. I think they need it. They, they've been pretty solid, but... Not like they were. They, they were so good under Rob Randleman back in the... Late nineties, early two thousands, and yeah. then they were so good under Willie Fritz when they run that crazy spread triple option is what I'd call it. And then under uh, Casey Keeler, they went to semifinals three out of four years, and then they haven't been in the playoffs in three years. Mm-hmm. And Casey Keeler's proven, man. I mean, Casey Keeler won a national championship at Delaware, so yeah. he can coach. And it's just interesting that they have kind of fallen off a little bit. Yes or no? Are we gonna have a new president tomorrow? Oh, this is going to take a long time, buddy. Remember, long the, two, time? remember the 2000 election? Oh, yeah, took, the dangling uh, chads. Oh, my God. It took 37 days. I, won't, I don't know if it'll be that long, but it's going to be a while. Yeah, we'll see. It's close. Sutil Nuanas, have a wonderful, what is it, Wednesday? Be back with you tomorrow. Look forward to that as well, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.